When's My Time podcast. I'm Ozzy Eyre, founder of whensmytime.com, and I aim to be your boss's worst nightmare. Hey there, it's Tuesday 23rd of August 2016, and well, that's the longest I've gone without recording a podcast, I think, since I began. And I've got to be totally honest with you, I've been binge-watching the Olympics, and yesterday I had to catch up on a few things, so uh, I'm afraid I didn't get to record one yesterday either. Now, I know everyone and his dog is talking about the Olympics, and I know you're probably heartily sick of the Olympics, and I know there are way more important things happening in the world right now than the Olympics. But with the blanket coverage, you could probably be excused for thinking that everyone had decided to call a two-week truce. So... While I can't promise I won't mention it again, let's just say this is the the last time I intend to talk about the Olympics, at least until the next time I talk about it. Well, that was weird. I I just had to pause the uh, recording there for a second because my printer, which... In fact, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, My printer just decided to do one of these self-cleaning routines, and obviously you don't want that noise going on uh, in the background. Now, this printer is something that... uh, that I bought when I was back in my corporate life, because uh, I had a, an office here at home. And it used to get hammered a lot, because I used to have to print out reports that I'd prepared that uh, were sort of 60, 70 pages long, and I had to print out a copy for the client, a copy that I kept on file, and a copy that went to my head office. Um, I, anyway, this is all boring stuff. But, but the point that I'm making is that this printer, in the now nearly six years since I left <laughs> the corporate life, if it's printed 20 pages out, that's probably stretching it. But I, I sort of keep it for old time's sake and for the fact that occasionally I do have to print off a letter. But anyway, that's by the by. It just suddenly decided that, uh, hey, it's time to uh, to clean itself. But OK, let's get back to it. Now, before I go any further, I'd better explain that I'm probably uh, going to use the word athletes a lot today. Uh, now, let's be clear. And, and I'm talking about the Olympics, remember. Let's be clear, I don't just mean track and field athletes. I mean all competitors in all sports, whether it's rowing or shooting or or, or whatever. Hope that's okay. Now, I have to tell you, the last couple of weeks have been an absolute treat for me. Although, I have to admit, at times it's been a difficult balancing act between getting the stuff done I needed to get done with watching the sports. Some of which, I'll be honest, at any other time during the next four years, I know I won't. I won't even look up from what I'm doing to see see them if they if they happen to be on. But the Olympics is special, uh, and I think it's actually got something to do with that four year cycle. Let's look at that for a minute. The athletes who travel to Rio have put in a level of effort and commitment over the last four years, and, and in many cases much longer, that I can't even begin to imagine. Some, like those from my own country in Team GB, have had the benefit of incredible support with whole teams of coaches, physios, psychologists, dietitians, and medics, together with fantastic training facilities. While others have had none of that from maybe poorer countries, countries that sport isn't quite rightly isn't seen as the priority that maybe we see it as. And they've had to rely on their own determination to get them there. But here's the thing, even with whole teams working towards their success, it's still the athlete himself who has to drag himself out of a warm bed on a cold, dark and wet winter morning to pound the streets mile after mile. 
It's still the athlete herself who has to push her body beyond levels of pain even she thought was unendurable. No support team, however sophisticated, can do that for them. And they do all of that in full knowledge. I mean, this, this gets me. They do all of it in full knowledge. There are other athletes doing the exact same thing right now at the exact same time. Athletes in their own countries who are determined to get that spot on the team ahead of them. And those in other countries determined to beat them to a medal even if they make it there. We perhaps shouldn't forget. No, we definitely shouldn't forget. There are many more athletes who trained every bit as hard over the last four years who didn't make the team than there are who made it onto the plane. Now, did they waste their time? Well, I'm guessing when they heard they hadn't made it, they probably thought so. But if you remind me, I'll come back to that in a moment because I think that's an important point. Those that did make it onto the plane knew that nothing was guaranteed. They knew they had a shot at a medal. But that was it, a shot. They knew that four years plus of training would come down to a few hours, a few minutes or even a few seconds. And that would be it. Not only that, they also knew that their ultimate success or more likely failure might even come down to a poor call by an official. And they accepted it. Now, I have to say, it seems there are more than a usual amount of those bad calls at this time around. Um, sometimes glaring errors, sometimes um, just, a, 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 if you like, a too strict interpretation of the rules. Now, a lot has been said and written about the preparedness of Rio to, to host such an event. I mean, it's a massive amount. I mean, it's probably the, the, the world's biggest event, isn't it? And about the standards of organisation and about the level and quality of the officials. And yet, and yet, we still had a wonderful celebration of sport. Now, I'm telling you, I, I reckon if you gathered all 11,500 plus competitors together, and I mean those who came with medals and those who came away empty-handed, and ask them if they regret having gone to Rio. I'm guessing only a handful would say yes. And I think you probably know who they are anyway. But in all likelihood, it will be because of things which they did that if they had their time over again, I think they'd do differently. Now, while I had plenty to do yesterday after the the uh, the binge-watching of the, the long weekend, I mean, it wasn't it fantastic if you, if you shared with it. That, I mean, you, you'll know it was. And look, if you're not a sports lover, I'm sorry. But just imagine the best thing ever. <laughs> just imagine immersing yourself in, in that. But what I had plenty to do yesterday after it was all over, I spent the whole time, the whole day, in a bit of a funk. Uh, if you like, it was my four-yearly Olympic come down. Now, I'd watched the whole thing from over 5,500 miles away, and the only preparation I'd done was to check what time certain events were being televised. Uh, And the most work I'd done was staying up to the early hours to watch Mo Farah bring home yet more gold. I mean, oh man, I mean, he is my hero, or one of my many heroes, should I say. So if I was feeling as though a, a gaping hole had now opened up, what are the athletes feeling? Never mind that, what are the officials feeling? What are the members of the organizing committees in Rio feeling? And what are the legions of volunteers feeling? I mean, this has been every bit as much of their focus as it has the athletes. I'm sure of it. Now, I hope that 
within the void that's now opened up, they're able to feel that for all its imperfections, for two wonderful weeks, they were all able to work together to create something truly magical. They've all enriched our lives, those who shared that with them. And I hope their lives are richer too. Now, for many, Monday may have meant a return to a reality far different from the one they had so recently experienced. For the athletes, uh, at least those who are not retiring, there may be a few days off, but then it will be back to doing those hard miles to get ready for Tokyo in 2020. Four long years of planned, focused, regular effort. Day after day, day after day, day after day following a structure that has been laid out for them. Now, this is a structure that they know is their best chance of success. They also know that knowing it isn't enough. They need to do it. Just like me knowing I can shed a few pounds by eating less and exercising more isn't going to make my clothes fit any better, I actually do need to cut out the desserts and move around more for that to happen. It's the same if you're looking to make a break from the corporate life. You know you're going to have to spend time figuring out what it is you truly want to do. You know you're going to have to spend time learning new skills. You know you're going to have to spend time identifying the best people for you to hang out with and model. And you know you're going to have to get a little uncomfortable. And you know you're going to have to make the odd sacrifice. The big news is... Knowing it isn't enough. You have to do this stuff. And guess what? Even if you do it, there's no guarantee of success. But there is a guarantee of something. And this is where I bring back in all the athletes. Those that won the medals. Those that just missed out. Those that didn't make it through the heats. And those that despite years and years of pushing themselves to the limit and beyond, didn't make the team. You see? See how all this works together? I mean, I don't just throw this stuff together. See, see how we've closed the loop there? This is where we can begin to get close to them, because here's the guarantee. If you put yourself through everything you need to put yourself through, if you put in the hours of planned, focused, regular effort, you will learn more about yourself than you ever knew before. And although you're pretty awesome right now, you'll become an even better person for it. Are you ready for that ride? Could you stand being even more awesome than you are right now? Let's do this. Thank you for listening. Before you go, mind if I should do something? If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and subscribe. That way you're not going to miss another episode. And leave me a review telling me what you like best. And if you didn't like it, tell me you didn't like it and tell me why. Leave me a bunch of stars too. Five seems a nice round number, doesn't it? Now, I say this most days, but just in case you're a first-time listener, I'm going to say it again. The reason I ask you to leave me a whole load of stars is not to make me feel good. It does, but that's just a byproduct. The real reason is that it helps this podcast move up the rankings, which makes it easier to find, which means more people will listen to it and be helped by it. So it's kind of like your way of paying it forward. If you wanted to get in touch directly, you can hit me up on Twitter at Aussie Air or email me Aussie at whensmytime.com. Again, tell me what you like, what you didn't like, 
Tell me what you'd like me to cover in future episodes. Look, if, if you have a story to share, I'd love to hear it. Genuinely, I'd love to hear it. And with your permission, I may even feature it in a future podcast. And one last thing, if you head over to whensmytime.com, you'll be able to get access to a video there. It's around about 40 minutes in length, and in it, I reveal the top 10 things I've learned since I decided back in 2010 to throw off the corporate shackles and start creating the life I wanted to live. Thanks again for listening. I've been Ozier, founder of whensmytime.com, and I'm here to tell you, your time is now.